start today's sermon, a quote from John Piper on the first chapter of Haggai. So they lived in perpetual frustration and discontentment. Nothing satisfied. See, we can't pass over this lesson easily because it's for us today just as much as it was for them then. If you devote yourself to sowing and eating and drinking and clothing yourselves and earning wages, but neglect your ministry in the body of Christ, you will live in constant frustration. If you spend your time and your energy seeking comfort and security from this world, And do not spend yourself, pause there for just a moment. Have you ever thought of that spending yourself? Giving your resources and your time and your income, spending what you have. He says, and and do not spend yourself for the glory of God. Every pleasure will leave you. Sour, depressed, guilt, and frustration will rule the day. And he says, the reason I mention the glory of God is because of verse 8, which is where Pastor Scott ended off, ended off last week, which is Haggai's remedy for frustration. And it goes like this. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may appear in my glory, says the Lord. Both then and now, the real problem is not the neglect of the building of the house. No, the real problem is the indifference towards the glory of God. temple of the Old Testament existed for the glory of God. And the church today is that representation of the temple. It exists for the glory of God. Dr. Piper ends with a scripture, 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy. And you are that temple. Now picking up where Pastor Scott left off last week in the book of Haggai, if you remember, if you were here, some of you were not. Pastor Scott ended last week with a challenge. Challenge of individual obedience to God's calling on your life. Remember he said delayed obedience is disobedience. And he challenged us with a question. Have you in the past started a pursuit of God's calling on your life that remains unfinished? A vocation ministry, a vision of God 
do something. Why did you stop to sing God's calling on your life? Did you start a family and it took up too much time? Did you get pulled into another job that you thought would satisfy? Why did you stop to sing God's call on your life? This week, the challenge of a personal calling is going to be built upon by the challenge of a corporate calling. The calling of a group of people. God's people. To be united for His glory. To work together. To collaborate. Bring God's house glory, and that he may be pleased in it. Verses 9 through 12, the people are in ruin. And the people are in ruin because God's house is still in ruin. They've neglected to take care of God's house. God has brought a drought. Onto the land. He has cursed the ground. Does that sound familiar? Way back in Adam and Eve's time. See, in these six verses of Haggai, there are a clear sequence of events that took place that brought the people out of that ruin. Brothers and sisters, if you're here today, and you feel that sense of discontentment, frustration. If as it says in Haggai, you, you toil, you work, and you put your money in purses with holes, and it never seems to be enough if you never have enough food if you never have enough drink. You can relate to that. Today we should be taking notice of what drew these people out of that ruin that we may understand how to get out of that place ourselves. The first point out of these six verses, they heard the voice of the Lord. They heard the voice of the Lord. It came through a man, Haggai, who God had appointed a prophet. Brothers and sisters, where do you hear the voice of the Lord today? Where do you hear the voice of God today speaking to you? They didn't have the written word like we do today. Parts of it, sure, the high priest had scrolls, the Torah, the law. Today we have the words... Bibles, we hear God's word preached by our pastors and our churches. The question is personal. Where do you hear God's voice? Would you recognize it? Are you listening for it? God's word is very clear that you should hear it. John 
John 10 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. There are a lot of competing voices in this world today, isn't there? Just come over here and do that, and you'll be happy. Just buy this toothpaste. It goes further than that. There's a lot of competing voices for your souls. A lot of temptations that are put out there to draw you out of God's will and God's blessing. Whose voice are you calling? Whose voice are you hearing calling you today? Whose voice are you following? Remember the phrase that Haggai uses four times in these two chapters. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Second point. They feared and obeyed. So they heard the voice of the Lord, and they feared and obeyed. Now, this is not a fear being scared of. This is not a strong arm approached by God. Do this or else. It's a reverence for the power of God, an acknowledgement of who he is and how he wants us to live, a turning from their selfish ways to the life of a servant. They open their life to the fullness of God's will. Brothers and sisters, Christian, have you truly opened your life to the fullness of God's will, surrendered your ways to his ways. Do you have a healthy fear of the Lord, a reverence for how powerful he is? See, to fear God is to reverence him for who he is, and to obey God is to do as he says. No ifs. Lord, if you do this for me, no buts. But, Lord, you don't understand. And no round to it. Like these people were doing. Oh, we'll get to God's house after we finish ours. We'll get around to it. No. Now. Today. Here. Choose to fear and obey. Third point. They received God's message. They heard God's voice, they feared and obeyed, and they received God's message. What was that? It brought peace, it brought comfort, it brought strength, it brought protection, it brought motivation. I am with you, declares the Lord. Brothers and sisters, this is a message for today. 
God is with you. Oh, but pastor, you don't know what I've done. God could never forgive me. I keep going back to that sin like a dog to its vomit. I can't break that pattern. If anyone found out, I'd be so ashamed. But surrendering your will to God's will, He will give you the power to help you overcome that sin. First Peter 1 Peter 1.5 Who by God's power are being guarded through the faith of a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Did you catch that? Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Brothers or sisters, we cannot do it on our own. I have tried, and you cannot do it. You have got to surrender your will to God's will. And you will see doors open. Because God's power is way stronger. First Peter 1 Peter 1.6, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. We will go through trials. We will be tested. We will be tempted. And unfortunately, from time to time, we will fail. Continuing in First Peter, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. At, in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, that is why we are here on this earth, to bring praise, to bring glory, and to bring honor to God the Father through Jesus Christ. Christ, it is not to build our own kingdom. Do you hear God's voice? Do you recognize it? Maybe it's the first time you've heard him speaking to you and you're not sure. Is this God? Or is it just my mind playing tricks on me? That is a philosophy that's out there in the world today. You don't need God. You don't need the church. All they're after is your money. Trust me, God does not need your money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He created it all. Sure, he wants us to be good stewards. He wants us to give back to his kingdom. But he does not need. More precious than gold that perishes through the test, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Is God speaking to you today? 
just allow God room to speak to you. Allow him to reveal himself to you. Soften your heart towards the idea that there really could be a God. The God. And see what happens. See what happens. Christian, if you're in that spot of God could never forgive you. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. Listen, the Bible is full of people who love the Lord and did really bad things. But they turned back to God and he had mercy on them and he forgave them just like he'll forgive you. How many times did he forgive the Hebrew children? Led them out of Egypt. Got them to the shore. And they looked back and saw the Egyptians coming. God, we're going to die. He provided a way. God, you led us out into this desert. We're thirsty. Did you lead us out here to die? He provided water. Lord, we're hungry. We're starving. He provided the man in the quail. They built a golden calf and worshipped it as a god. He forgave them and restored them. Brothers and sisters, there is no point in your life, no place that you can go. But if you turn back from it, God will not forgive you. fourth one. Their spirits were stirred. They heard God's voice. They feared and obeyed. They received God's message. Their spirits were stirred. God didn't just speak to them, forgive them, and let them return to their old lives of focusing on taking care of themselves. No, he stirred their spirits. He gave them a purpose and a plan. That purpose and plan is found in last week's scripture that Pastor Scott read. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills, bring the wood, and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. God doesn't call a people just to know something, but to do something throughout the Bible. Matthew 7, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man that built his house on the rock. James 2, do you want to be shown, you foolish people, that faith apart from works is useless? Deuteronomy 27, cursed by anyone who does not confirm the words of the law by doing them. And all the people say, Consider your ways. Do they line up with God's plan of building a Christian life?
God is calling us. God is calling you to a great work. Do you hear him? Now that God lives in our hearts instead of dwelling in temples, does your life line up with God's plan to build a life that he can take pleasure in and be glorified by? God's plan hasn't changed from the beginning of time. To have a people he can call his own that will bring him glory. God stirred the leaders as well as the people's spirits so that they would be united in the project that was rebuilding the temple. Unity in spirit is a common and important theme in the Bible. As we get ready to close today's sermon, turn with me if you have your Bibles, or get on your iPhones if you look it up there, to Ephesians 4. 1 through 6. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. And as you're finding that, I'll take just a moment. So many times, I think, we look at this book, and we look at the words in it, and we think back to how long ago that must have been. How can these words still apply today? It's just a fairy tale. It's just a story. But just before this whole pandemic shut us down and changed our lives and turned us upside down, my wife and I was blessed with a trip to India. This account that we find in Haggai of rebuilding the temple. My wife and I stood on the Temple Mount. Sure, there's the Islamic Mosque, the Golden Dome that's there now, but it's prophesied that the temple will be rebuilt before Jesus returns. just like these words are real and applicable to our life today. But we've got to receive them. We've got to let them in. I can't force you to let them in. I can't force you to make a decision to believe. Only you Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, as we close. I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of, your call, of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. God doesn't call a bunch of independent contractors to work on their own kingdom. 
but a host of servants called the church to work on his. Last week's challenge from Pastor Scott was how are you glorifying God in your life, in your walk? Today's challenge is how are you glorifying God through connected ligaments and tendons and muscles and bones producing a body with Jesus as the head how are you plugged into that how are you grown into that now I know the last five months it's been really difficult to stay connected there's been forces pulling us apart at every turn it's been hard as a to stay connected with the congregation, to stay look overlooking the flock, to make sure the sheep are being taken care of. But this too shall pass. How will we come back together? How will we be that strong body that glorifies, praises, and brings honor to the Father? If you're not plugged in, I encourage you, to get plugged in. Corporate worship. What are we doing here today? Corporate living. Where we look out for one another. And of course, corporate praise. Where we know who is the one that is in control. That's the church. Consider your ways. Walk in a manner of your calling. Serve the one true God, that he may be glorified in your life as well as in the congregation of believers. Let's pray. Father, I pray for everyone's heart that is here today. One, that they will have heard from you. Two, that they will have a reverence for you, a healthy fear, that they will obey what they have heard, that they will receive it, that they will bring glory and honor to you. Father, we just ask that you touch every one of us with the power that only you can bring. We praise you in Jesus' name.